how the New Orleans Saints could end their losing streak up against the New York Jets this weekend, why Alvin Kamara and the potential return of C.J. Gardner-Johnson are major keys, and we're going to build a game plan for the New Orleans Saints up against the New York Jets this weekend. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day every day here at Locked On Saints. Don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and of course, here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by On Location. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL and the only place to get a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl On Location for more information. All right. So on today's episode, I want to build a game plan for the New Orleans Saints to get a win up against the New York Jets. But in order to do that, We have to know what it is that the New Orleans Saints still do that can make them great. Now, let me let's talk about this for a moment. The New Orleans Saints are dealing with a ton of injuries. They have a they're on their third quarterback of the season, and he has a splint on his throwing hand on his finger, and they're on a five game losing streak. So when I talk about what it is that makes the New Orleans Saints great, what I mean by that is what is it that they are best at on the field and how do you build around that. And I'm not talking about them reaching this level of greatness where all of a sudden they're a Super Bowl team or all of a sudden they're even a playoff team. I'm talking about what is going to make them perform extremely well up against the New York Jets this weekend to basically stop the bleeding. Five straight losses for this New Orleans Saints team for the first time in the Sean Payton era, but I'm tired of talking about them losing. What I want to talk about is how the New Orleans Saints break that streak and what they need to do this weekend. And in order for them to be able to do that, They have to build off of what they're good at doing. They can't go out there and be a team that they're not moving forward. And I know a lot of folks have talked a little bit about, you know, finding ways to be able to kind of like get back to where you were early on in the season. And that's just not going to happen. So you have to figure out what this team is now. And in order to do that, you have to identify both the limitations that this team has, as well as what it is that they do very well. What Drew Brees mentioned on that Thanksgiving game, what are the songs that they know by heart? And how do you call the plays that they know well and that they perform well? So let's talk a little bit about where that is for the New Orleans Saints, because you can't build in spite of weakness. You have to build because of where you're great. What are the things that you do extremely well? So we'll start on the offensive side, then we'll talk about the defensive side. And then as we continue on with the show, we'll build out a game plan based upon those things, right? those places where they're greatest, how do they elevate those things to be able to build a game plan to beat the New York Jets and get their first win since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers home game. So let's start on the offensive side here. What do the New Orleans Saints do extremely well? Where are they great on the offensive side? For me, it's the run game. And especially when you think about where the New Orleans Saints are right now because of having Taysom Hill come in and have to play without this, effectively without a finger. I mean, it's going to affect the way that he can grip the ball. 
It's going to affect the, the velocity he can get on the ball when he throws. Now, does that mean that Taysom Hill is going to go out there like Mac Jones and throw the ball three times? Absolutely not. You should expect this team to still throw the ball. But as opposed to it being 41 pass attempts like it was last week up against the Cowboys, maybe somewhere around 20 to 30 would probably be the kind of nice spot for that. But what does that also do? It gives you additional carries to be able to use in the run game. Last week, you saw Taysom Hill rack up over 100 yards on the ground, but the next leading rusher behind him was Mark Ingram with only 28. You didn't have another player reach 30 rushing yards. Here's where Alvin Kamara comes in. The idea of getting Alvin Kamara back this weekend is not just about the fact that he is this you know big-time dynamic player. It's simply that he can get you rushing yards and he can pick up yards on the ground. So far throughout the season, he's averaging the most yards per carry, excuse me, he's averaging the most carries per game, my apologies, than he has so far in his now five-year career, in his fifth year this year. So he's up to 18 uh, carries per game. Because of that, he's also up to over 66 yards per game, which is also a career high for him so far. So what does that mean? 66 rushing yards in a game going up against the New York Giants from Alvin Kamara is over 30 yards more than what you had last week from your second leading rusher in Mark Ingram. Now, of course, the Saints are going to be without Mark Ingram, and now they'll also be without Ty Montgomery, who's played heavily at the running back position over the course of the last few games with all of the injuries at that or in that room. So now both of them headed to the COVID-19 reserve list. So this is going to be all Alvin Kamara, as well as all Tony Jones Jr., with Dwayne Washington very likely in the background as well. So that means you get a lot of opportunities here for Alvin Kamara to get him involved right away as he returns. Now, there might be some concerns about him coming off of injury and in getting that workload, but you know what? He's your biggest weapon. He's your best playmaker. You have to put the ball in his hands along with Taysom Hill as a runner. So the difference here is that we're talking about is more than 30 yards, which might not sound like a lot, but that's maybe three or four more first downs on the ground. That's maybe a big run here or there that ends up changing the dynamic or changing the momentum of your game. It ends up adding up and being a huge benefit in terms of what you can add with Alvin Kamara in the ground game. So if you have another 100-yard rushing day by Taysom Hill, the fact that you have the ability now with Alvin Kamara to match that, to come closer to that, to be that second leading rusher that's helping you get over that 140, 150-yard rushing mark, That's a huge benefit for the New Orleans Saints, and they should be able to build off of that. Now, we'll talk about how they can build off of that here in a moment, but let's jump over to the defensive side real quick and then sort of highlight what it is that they're greatest at. What is it that the defense does really well? It's their propensity to create turnovers and get the ball back in the hands of their offense, which sometimes means three and outs, turnovers and downs, things like that. So when you look at what the Saints defense has done over the course of the last three games, they've generated four turnovers, which is modest. But when you look at the two games before that, when they didn't generate any, and then you look at the one game before that where they generated three up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they had none up against the Seattle Seahawks, you sort of see the roller coaster, the up and down here. So you want to see a little bit more of the consistency. So far, you've seen at least one takeaway over the last three games. You're going up against the New York Jets who have the most giveaways in the NFL right now and have taken the ball away the second least in the NFL right now. So it gives you a real opportunity to be able to confuse Zach Wilson and confuse the New York Jets defense, excuse me, offense as a whole so that you can generate more of those turnovers, get the ball back in the hands of a run focused offense that should be able to extend drives, hold on to the ball and control the clock. Now, Whether or not you want to see this be a blowout is entirely up to you, but getting points, getting the ball back into the hands of the offense does mean greater opportunity for points, but also means greater opportunity to simply control the game and be able to control the pace of what this looks like. So you could end up with a 
17-point winning team in this game, that doesn't necessarily mean that they perform poorly. It just comes down to how it is that they approach the game. Now, for the defensive side, we're going to talk a lot about disguising and also C.J. Gardner-Johnson. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, much like Alvin Kamara coming back on the offensive side, is a huge boost on the defensive side. We don't know if C.J. Gardner-Johnson is guaranteed to be back this weekend. He was designated to return earlier this week. He's been back at practice. So we'll see if he gets activated in time to be able to play on Sunday. But if he does, he becomes a huge, huge part of what the Saints can do when they disguise. Can they do it without him? Absolutely. Does it look a lot better with him? Absolutely. Okay, so now let's build the game plan. What do the Saints have to do on the offensive side to elevate where it is that they can be great? and elevate on the defensive side where they can be great as well. We'll talk about that and break it down here much more, starting with Alvin Kamara and the Saints offense as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to tell you more about On Location. This is super cool. So we know that the Super Bowl over at SoFi in Los Angeles is less than 100 days away. And if you want to be there, On Location is the best way to do it. They're the official hospitality partner of the NFL and the only place that you can score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. So let's talk about these elite experiences, because in some of these packages that you can find elsewhere, you don't get to actually choose where you sit. You know you're getting tickets, but you have no idea where where they're going to be, and sometimes they end up being way up in the nosebleeds, things like that. Not the case with On Location, because they let you select the exact seats that you're going to sit in. And on top of that, you can choose from elite experiences like uh, pregame celebrations with NFL legends. You can also enjoy five-star Los Angeles hotels and Get food prepared and made by the one and only and great Wolfgang Pucks. If you want to check this out, visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. The New Orleans Saints continue to creep more and more into the favorite category up against the New York Jets. And it's not just about how bad the Jets may be. This New Orleans Saints team finally getting some key pieces back and they're noticing it in Vegas. And therefore, you can take advantage of it over at betonline.ag. The Saints were a six point favorite. Then they ended up closing the gap a bit to a five point favorite. Now they're creeping back open to a five and a half point favorite. So if you like those odds one way or another, make sure you head over to betonline.ag. The fast it's an easiest way to place your bet on all of your sports action, not just the NFL. You can get in on the NBA, the NHL. You can even get in on your favorite boxing matches, uh, UFC, MMA, everything like that. And they've got your favorite Vegas casino games as well. And with their new online and mobile platform, you can even get in on some of the online, the live betting modules as well, which are super, super fun. So go and check everything out over at betonline.ag. If you're a new customer and you're joining for the first time, Use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N so you can get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On when you get started over at BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, family, thank you again, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. We're breaking it down here. The New Orleans Saints going up against the New York Jets and building a game plan for the New Orleans Saints to get a win here and stop this five-game losing streak. So here's the deal. This all comes down to the run game over on the offensive side, and you have Alvin Kamara back. That's the expectation. He ends up being a huge key, but Taysom Hill, of course, plays a large part in this as well. Let's look at the last three games for the New Orleans Saints and their ability to be able to extend drives with the run game, not necessarily with the passing game. 
Six of 10. That's where the New Orleans Saints are in terms of converting third downs into first downs when they run on third. That's pretty good. That's 60% of the time. Now, the hard part here is that three of the four times that they weren't able to convert, it was because it was third and five plus. So you had like an eight yard run on a third and 10, for instance, those types of situations. So for the New Orleans Saints, not only do they, can they focus on running on third down, but they have to play themselves in position to be sort of advantageous, I guess, in those moments. Now, a lot of us are going to think back to the third and two bootleg throw that was, you know, run over to a side with an unblocked Micah Parsons and kind of have some bad flashbacks of that from the uh, Dallas Cowboys game. Those are the types of plays that you want to avoid. And you can avoid some of those plays by running the football in those third and short situations. Now, is it always going to work? No, absolutely not. There are going to be times where you call a run on third and short and it doesn't happen. There are going to be times where you do call a run on third and short and it works and you run for 28 yards. There's just no telling. And there are going to be other times where you call a passing play on third and short, but Taysom Hill escapes, scrambles, and then ends up picking up the first down with his legs, just like we saw Jameis Winston do, just like we've seen Taysom Hill do a couple of times now. So there's a lot of opportunity here to be able to fold in the run game in a lot of different varieties. So when you talk about what it is that the Saints have to do in order to get into those third and advantageous yard situations, it means that they have to win in early downs. When they run on first and 10, they average around 3.9 yards. When they run on second and six, which would be sort of the next step there, they average right around 3.8 yards. So you're looking at an average if you run on first and second down of having eh, effectively a third and seven, third and eight, excuse me, a third and three, third and two situation because you can pick up about seven or eight yards on first and second down. So you probably want to lean a little bit into the into the passing game here. Passing on first down for the Saints has gotten them right around seven yards. Passing on second and short or second and six or better has put them in a situation where they usually gather around eight yards. So this feels like a little bit more of the quick pass game, West Coast offense, keep things condensed. And that works really well for Taysom Hill because he's going to be throwing with that splint on his finger. And probably going deep is not going to be much of an option for the New Orleans Saints. Will they go deep? Yes, they will take their shots every now and then and things like that. But you have to control the volume of passes so that you don't make it more awkward and you end up controlling a little bit what the depth of those passes are by going a little bit more West Coast quick pass offense like we've seen the Saints excel at for 15 years so far. So with all of that, it gives you an opportunity to be able to pass on some, one of those early downs, first uh, first down, second down. If you can win in the run game and get four plus on first down, it makes it really easy to pass on second. If you get an incompletion and then you're in a third and five situation, not as big of a deal as if you end up in a third and seven or more situation. So that's what you want to avoid. And a way to do that is to be able to really mitigate your errors early on first and second down, putting you in a situation to where you can take advantage of what you need to do on third down, which is run the ball. Um, the next part of it is going to be RPOs, right? Mixing in RPOs, things like that. Taysom Hill, New Orleans Saints, they don't run a lot of RPOs very much. Um, they have six times over the course of this season, and five of those times they passed the ball, gained around 37 yards in that way. So now maybe an opportunity to break the tendency when you do these RPOs, maybe you do lean into the run game a little bit more. And there are going to be some other things that you can end up doing because you're going to end up building all of this off of that like short to intermediate area of passing. So if you're getting those slant routes, you're getting those slice routes, things like that, that allow you to be able to pick up the short passes and you pick those up early, then the RPO later ends up helping you effectively use play, you effectively use the passing game as play action in favor of the run game. A lot of fun that you can have if you can get those tendencies built so that you can break them throughout the game. Right now, there's a tendency built. We'll see if the Saints try to break it. 
Let's talk a little bit about the run game specifically because of the Jets defensive line. We know that the Jets defensive line can be aggressive and that they can sometimes be the difference in games. Seven sacks in their win up against the Tennessee Titans, five sacks in their win up against the Houston Texans. You want to mitigate that by dropping Taysom Hill's passing attempts and dropbacks. That ends up immediately mitigating it, right? To where you don't have Taysom Hill throwing 41 times in a game. Ideally, you're not behind, so you're not forced into that situation, but also your run game's working, things like that, which keep you from having to do that. Now, just to be clear, I'm not saying that Taysom Hill shouldn't throw the ball 41 times because I think Taysom Hill can't throw the ball 41 times. All I'm saying here is that the run game is what they need to lean on. We're trying to build a game plan off of what it is that they have been great at. That's what we're doing. So the best run defenders for the New York Jets have been on the edge. So that means rushing toward the inside will help you. So you're looking at them really leaning into plays like inside zone with Alvin Kamara, where you have all of your offensive linemen take a sort of read step and then block based on gap as opposed to helmet to helmet. And that gives you an opportunity to be able to create several different holes that Alvin Kamara, one of the best line, uh, running backs when it comes to vision in the NFL, is able to choose from. You can also run some trap runs. That was a big thing that the New York, excuse me, New England Patriots used up against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. It's where the guard from the backside of the play pulls crosses over to take the opposite defensive tackle. The center picks up the vacated tackle and the original guard that was supposed to take the pat the tackle that's now being picked up by the pulling guard climbs to the second level and blocks a linebacker. The running back follows the pulling guard, gives him a lead blocker and takes advantage of aggressive defensive line play. That's good news and something that the New Orleans Saints could definitely use. Using a fullback like Adam Prentice as a lead blocker, for instance, running some veer or inverted veer in terms of the option game. Inverted veer would give you the opportunity to fake to Alvin Kamara to run up the middle or hand off to Alvin Kamara running up the middle. Looks like an inside zone. If it's not there, Taysom Hill can take it to the outside. Inverted veer would be Taysom Hill potentially handing off to Alvin Kamara, who would then break to the outside, but then could pull and run right up the middle and then be able to take advantage of what you're seeing, plus quarterback power, things like that. Take advantage of the interior of this defense and end up winning in the run game there. Then you accompany all of that with short, quick passing game, West Coast style that ends up picking you up three, four, five yards at a time, go full Miami Dolphins in that way, full 2019 New Orleans Saints in that way, and then also be able to create some yards after catch opportunities with things like slant routes, screens, and slices. So those are the types of passing routes that you're looking for that are going to be quick behind the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage, just ahead of the line of scrimmage, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers, the receivers, whoever, (laughs) and be able to allow them to get into space and hopefully be able to make some plays. Now, you really wish you had Deontay Harris here, but you don't. So you have to make it work with the players that you have. And then you're able to occasionally take a shot off of play action because of what you've built in the run game. Okay. So there's our offensive game plan. Now let's talk about the defensive game plan. Disguise, 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 and how CJ Gardner-Johnson factors into it all and makes this team even better on the defensive side. We'll talk about that and much more as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. First, I want to tell you about our friends over at Stance. Now listen, I love socks. Big fan of socks. I have a full-on sock drawer of a bunch of different socks. I'm not going to show you my feet like Aaron Rodgers. Not about to do that. But Stance, one of my favorite brands of socks. Have some Saints-themed socks from them, some great socks, extremely comfortable. You know the crosshatch symbol when you see it. They're absolutely fantastic. They form to your foot. None of this situation to where your heel is coming up your ankle or your ankle socks are dropping down into your shoes. Nothing like that because Stance gives you everything that you need in a sock and more. And you know what else Stance gives you? Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account over at stance.com and get 15% off of your first purchase by using the promo code 
locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode, building a game plan for the New Orleans Saints to get a win up against the New York Jets. We're basing this game plan off of what the New Orleans Saints do well. Like we mentioned, this is a team on a five-game losing streak. They have a lot of limitations right now because of injuries, things like that. Limitations in terms of availability as well. But they still have the opportunity to lean into what it is that they do extremely well, what they're great at, and build an offensive and build a game plan on the offensive and defensive sides off of that. So we built our offensive game plan off of Alvin Kamara in the run game. Now, let's have a little bit of fun and build some stuff off of the defensive side that I think will be really, really effective, not only based on a rookie quarterback, but unfamiliar territory for some of these young skill position players as well. Remember, star running back or, or their top running back, Michael Carter, he's on injured reserve. Their backup running back in Tevin Coleman, who's very familiar with the New Orleans Saints, he's been injured so far throughout this week. Corey Davis, their top wide receiver, he's also an injured reserve. And Elijah Moore, arguably maybe their top receiver actually, has also not practiced so far in um, in practice. So now we know what that means. We know Elijah Moore is probably going to play. That, that's just the New Orleans Saints luck. Like we've been here before. We've seen this movie. We know how it ends. Thank you. We've read the book. But when it comes down to it, he's still a young receiver. And so really Jamison Crowder being like your best veteran presence at the skill position, not great, not bad, but not great. So when we look at what it is that the New Orleans Saints can do here to confuse the offense, and I'm choosing that that language very specifically, you're looking to confuse the entire offense here. You're not just looking to confuse Zach Wilson. You can confuse Zach Wilson, but you got to get the whole offense. So it all comes down to disguising. We talked a little bit about how the Saints got in a little bit of trouble last week, or almost got in a little bit of trouble, up against the Dallas Cowboys with rolling coverage post-snap. Now, in one specific play, it happened to not work out well for them, except that it did because it was an incomplete pass. But CeeDee Lamb was able to kind of run this kind of like skinny corner route um, up the middle of the field that matched the, you know, perfectly timed with the roll of the safeties, everything like that. But Dak Prescott ended up missing him because of the blitz from Malcolm Jenkins. So you're still looking for the Saints to do some of that. So let's redefine this. Middle of field open, middle of field closed. We talked about it before, but a quick rundown. Middle of field open, effectively, even number of safeties upfield, taking at least half of the field, sometimes quarters, right? Leaves the middle of the field open because you're, you have your two safeties that are going to be guarding over on either side. Middle of field close would be a free safety over the top or a single high safety, we like to call it. That safety is in the middle of the field, kind of patrolling everything going on across the field, or is taking the middle third of the field with the cornerbacks on the outside dropping back to pick up more cover three coverage, just cover three, meaning that there's three people deep. So with that, you can start with one look pre-snap, and then you can turn into another look post-snap once the quarterback has snapped the ball. And here's where CJ Garner-Johnson plays a huge role because of the fact that he gives you somebody that can do a little bit of everything. You want him to man up with a slot corner? I mean, with a slot receiver? Sure. You want him to man up with a tight end? He's got that. You want him to run a little bit of zone? He's got that. You want him to blitz? No problem. Run support? He's got you there too. So if you have this offense where you're starting off in this nickel formation or five defensive backs, which would have CJ Gardner-Johnson on the field, and listen, if CJ Gardner-Johnson's not available, then it's PJ Williams, it's Bradley Roby, right? They can still do all of this, but CJ Gardner-Johnson just brings a little bit more electricity to this defense and gives them the energy, the speed, the athleticism, the sort of tenacity that you like to see over on the defensive side. 
So we're going to use CJ Gardner Johnson here in the terms of building this game plan because the hope is that he's going to be on the field. But can the Saints do it without him? Yes, it's just not as fun. So when we look at it, you end up having these opportunities where you can show Zach Wilson and the rest of the offense one look before the snap. So let's say you have two safeties deep, Malcolm Jenkins and uh, Marcus Williams. They're deep. That tells the offense that it's at least cover two, some kind of middle of field open defense. Once the ball is snapped, however, you can then take Malcolm Jenkins and then roll him down into the box and then take Marcus Williams and put him up as the single high safety in the middle of the field. Here's what that triggers for the quarterback. Is that safety, Malcolm Jenkins, is he about to blitz or is he going to end up playing some type of a robber role, buzz role? Is he going to cover somebody out the flats, things like that? And with the safety rolling over to the top, what's happening with the corners on the outside? Are they building depth? Are they bailing away from their wide receivers to help join the safety downfield? So is it cover one or is it cover three? That's what the safety's watch. It's what the quarterback's watching. The quarterback also has to be aware of what this nickel corner is doing. Is the nickel corner coming on a blitz, which CJ Gardner Johnson absolutely has the propensity to do? Is he jamming the receiver at the line of scrimmage, forcing him to take an outside release? So on and so forth. So that's all the things that the quarterback is watching, in addition to what's happening with the linebackers and what the defensive line is doing, where the pass rush is coming from, all of that. The trick here is that the receivers have to be on the exact same page and see what the quarterback is doing. However, that can become challenging. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, one of the best tandems in the NFL when it came to doing this, but also two of the best players in the NFL that season, those seasons, however it is that you want to look at it. But for the quarterback, he's seeing a different vantage point than the slot receiver is. So if the strong safety is coming down, that usually means that the slot receiver is over on the other side. That slot receiver probably can't see what the strong safety is doing across the formation. So he might not see, depending upon how quickly C.J. Garner-Johnson is in his grill, he might not be able to see the fact that they just rotated to a single high coverage and it might end up trying to run a route into the middle of the field where everything is covered. If he does see it, then he might force himself to the outside. If that's happening, C.J. Garner-Johnson has the athleticism to play and, and hold up with him. But you also have these linebackers in the middle of the field who can end up buzzing to the outside or playing a robber role to give sort of this underneath safety. And basically that linebacker's role is just to look for easy interceptions and look for an opportunity to be able to knock some passes away. So unless the quarterback and all of the wide receivers are on the exact same page, you might not really be able to figure out what this defense is doing all at the same time. Even if the quarterback knows, the receiver might. If the receiver knows, the quarterback might. And that gives you some opportunity to where the ball gets held for a little while. You end up potentially getting some sacks with this pass rush, especially if you can get a guy like Marcus Davenport back. If one of those safeties is blitzing, they might make it home and you might be able to generate some turnovers and get those extra possessions that we talked about for your offense. And you have a similar situation when it comes to defending the run. If you look at just the players within the box, your um, your down linemen, as well as your linebackers and probably your nickel corner, and then your two safeties over the top. In that case, you're trying to figure out exactly who is playing what run fit uh, uh, responsibility. If you run to the outside on a stretch run, for instance, the linebacker might take away the immediate sort of edge while the safety comes to the outside and is it end up ends up being able to make a play or the safety ends up setting that edge and the linebacker is able to cut through and make the play on the opposite side CJ Garner Johnson and Marcus Williams can come down and crash down so there's a lot of different opportunities here when you have the versatility that this New Orleans Saints offense does and if you can disguise and be able to take advantage of the youth over on that New York Jets team as well as the just sincere lack of capability that that New York Jets offense has shown time and time again throughout the season. Now they've had their spikes. Don't get me wrong. You don't want to be one of those. You don't want to be going up against that. But 
board in terms of where the Jets have existed most consistently, the Saints' ability to disguise, roll, change coverages, and confuse an offense should come into absolute, absolute handy going up against the New York Jets and hopefully getting a win this weekend to stop this five-game losing streak. So there's your game plan on the offensive side, game plan on the defensive side. Alvin Kamara, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, those are your two most important players going into this matchup. Definitely worth watching them as they continue on throughout one more day of practice before they get ready for Sunday. Marcus Davenport could be a huge addition as well. So a ton going on ahead of this game. We'll continue to keep you up to date with everything going on around the New Orleans Saints here on Locked on Saints. Sunday's matchup, please enjoy it if I don't see you before then. And of course, we appreciate you as always for making us your first listen of the day here on the show. We'll be back on Monday to make sure that you have everything that you need to know from hopefully, fingers crossed, a Victory Monday episode talking about the Saints knocking off the Jets and ending that losing streak. For your second listen today, though, make sure you go and check out Locked on Bets. Win yourself some money with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. As always, y'all, for everything else going on around your New Orleans Saints between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.